Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. Hello and welcome to the Hot Mess Mums. I'm Jenny Powell. And I'm Kelly Pegg. And you know what? I, I am I am blessed to be able to say these words. Ladies and gentlemen, please will you welcome uh, the most amazing woman, and I'm so happy to have her on the show, Martine McCutcheon. Yay! Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Martine, for coming on. Um, sure. And uh, it was, um, it's good to see you because, can you remember the first time we saw each well, the last time and the first time we saw each other, really? No, no. In a club in Romford. What club? At, at Hollywoods. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, Right, guys, listen those to this. Those were the days. Early nineties, cracking on. Yeah, six <laughs> early nineties. The club of the century called Hollywoods had a balcony going round and everything. You know what? I loved that place so much. I absolutely loved it. I met my first ever boyfriend there. Did you? Yeah, my first proper proper boyfriend. He was a DJ, and I thought I was the coolest thing ever. Of course. Yeah. Did he have an XR three? Probably. <laughs> Part of the job description, isn't it? I think I knew him. <laughs> <laughs> but that was uh, that was a time that you know I think we both remember because we both started off really very young in our careers. Yeah, back in the eighties. I mean, you're you're yeah, younger yeah. than me, so you were really you know it's been your life. You know your your you know what you do. Have you ever had a different job? No, I mean, I have had, like, little part-time jobs. I um, worked, you know, doing cleaning with my mum in the morning. She had, like, three jobs. She was a single parent. So she had, you know, cleaning in the um, morning. Then she worked at the employment agency during the day. And in the evening, sometimes I would go and see her. She worked at a pub as a barmaid. And I actually based the whole Tiffany thing on her. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, it was kind of um, nice just to talk to the writers and be able to give them some real experience of people that do live in pubs and people that are genuinely from the East End and that kind of thing. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's been um, a funny old road. I worked in Selfridges for a little while. I uh, Yeah, I mean, little bits and bobs, but my main aim was always to try and do work in the industry. And looking back, I mean, I just really really blessed you know as you know Jenny certain things just when you want to give it up sometimes or when you just don't think it's for you anymore something pulls you back or something happens and it just it's just meant to happen yeah and you're a real multitasker as well aren't you I mean first of all you do things 100% and I know that you kind of wore yourself out at one point doing that but yeah all singing all dancing acting presenting and that's what I love as well because people can sometimes put you in you know a, a sort of pocket and say right that's all she does but and you have to fight against that sometimes don't you I think so but I think everybody has like a different view of what you are and they will think that their view and their opinions right 
And I think that for me, I, I just feel really, really lucky that, you know, we went to Conti's, we were trained to do as many things as we could do, not to be a show off, but because we would be employed more. Um, and it gave you the, the tools to go out there and, and be kick your legs, sing a song, present, whatever it may be. They tried to equip you for that. And so I was, you know, gun ho and ready and raring to go. I had a really difficult childhood. And for me, it was the thing that propelled me, it was kind of pushed me and made me want to succeed and, um, and have a little bit of the good stuff in life. But you did EastEnders, which, you know, you were massively popular as, as yeah. Tiffany. Everybody adored you. And and then, obviously, you were on the stage doing Eliza as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, you have had that whole mixture of, uh, from the filming television to the live kind of theatre and, and everything. And I was never really, like... I was never, you know, we learned Shakespeare at school and did Lambda exams and all of that stuff. And it was something that, you know, I, I looked into and I enjoyed, but I was always more fascinated by your kind of movie stars and people that shared an essence of themselves that made people feel good about themselves. Um, and, you know, people like Hugh Grant, Elizabeth Taylor, Julia Roberts, Marilyn Monroe, you know, all those people that I looked up to and Barbara Streisand, for instance, they all were kind of had bits of elements of them in the same thing, but they were just so gorgeous that you didn't care, you know, and that's kind of what I wanted to emulate in my own little way, because um, it was just what I loved when I was growing up. I didn't care about the Chekhov or being a serious actor or actress. For me, the most amazing actors and actresses are the ones that you watch and you believe and you're just lost in the moment. The ones that they look like they're trying too hard or you think they're acting, for me, it's kind of... That's not, for me, what it's about personally. That's just my take on it. It's interesting because we were uh, talking in the kitchen because we've got no choice, really. We're all on top of it. My Martin went, you know what, though? She came out of these standards. And, yeah, you, you were the nation's sort of heart rob and the nation's you little angel, really. And we all adored you in so many ways. And um, then you get this big movie. And he's right, he said, but, you know, it's all right doing these standards, but then going into to Love Actually and being surrounded by the likes of Hugh Grant, et cetera. Yeah. Where did she get the, he's always baffled with me and confidence. He said, where did she get the confidence from? How did she feel when she was in amongst all that car? I think for me, because, the, because I, like I said, because my childhood was quite difficult and my home life was very difficult, for me, it always looked very safe. That whole glossy thing was where you would feel safe. And so for me, um, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, was I confident enough? It was kind of like, this has to happen. Like, this has got to be, this has got to work for me because this is where I feel safe. This is where I feel like I belong. And it was a much more instinctive human thing that I needed rather than, you know, looking at labels of who was a big star and who wasn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, you were. Um, and so for me, yes, of course, once I was there, like on the day that I got um, the first rehearsals for Love Actually, I called Richard Curtis and just said, I really don't know if you've made the right choice because I am from soap and yes, I might be able to hold my own on the small screen, but what if I just can't do it with all these big stars? I've never done it before. Like, this is a massive risk for you. And he was like, oh, he called me Teeny, but oh, shut up, Teeny, who wrote the part for you. And I was just like... <gasps> oh. you know so things like that didn't hit me until the last minute until I was actually sat in the room yeah it was survival and then once I was sat in the room it was kind of like 
oh my god like I've, got, I've really got to do this yeah. and your part in that movie is so famous isn't it I mean everybody yeah. always says how much they loved you and Hugh Grant and the chemistry that you had on screen as well together yeah, yeah I mean and we're so different and I think that's kind of the chalk and cheese element is kind of what made the chemistry happen and work yeah. I've always been a bit in love with him since I'd seen him in four weddings and a funeral yeah. um and you were uh, yeah, and so I sat there, and my dream, my absolute dream, was to you know not win necessarily awards, whatever. My dream was to work with Richard Curtis and Hugh Grant. Once I saw that movie, and I saw Notting Hill, and then I saw more movies, and I was like, I really, really want to do that. That's my dream, and so. It was mad when it actually happened. When it actually happened, apparently Richard Curtis had seen me in EastEnders, seen my pop career, seen my fair lady, and just watched me grow up, really, and then said, right, we think she's ready, let's get her in. And I was like, oh, my God. So was it tongues or not? I mean, I thought... <laughs> I trust you. Yes, yes. Once, once Richard Curtis asked us to do, you know, as you know, you don't do it unless they tell you to. Um, it's just not the protocol. But he came up and said, right, I really want the full-on passionate kiss this time. And um, I was really, I was, I was so nervous, and I just thought, oh God, I really don't want to be a crap kisser for you. And um, and it was great. It was lovely. It worked, and you know, it. I, I could feel there was like a gasp when the curtains went back and everyone saw us. And uh, it just felt like I was in the moment, and it was magical. And yeah, it was brilliant. It was lovely. <laughs> oh, I love that. How many women would want to be in that position? Yeah. Well, the I other thing I think we all would have liked was when you uh, jumped on it at the airport. That was quite a good position. Legs akimbo. <laughs> Jenny! Sorry. Jenny, Jenny. No, I'm worried I was going to kill him. I was just worried that if I jumped on him, I was going to kill him. So I was just like, oh, we need to practice this. He's like, all right, come on, come on. It was our first ever scene that we filmed. And I was just like, oh, no. So embarrassing. And I was just like, I'm going to kill you. Like, (laughs) and my boobs are going to knock you out and it's just going to be not good. And he was like, Bring it on, darling. Bring it on. So, yeah. So, I went for it, and luckily I didn't kill him. (laughs) I bet. Listen, you're making memories. I bet that man wakes up every morning and thinks, oh, yeah. She's got got a great strong inner thigh. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I remember as well Milan. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, 14, 15, and uh, the stage and television paper used to be out, and um, I used to look in there, I was at Conti's, you know, once you kind of were out of pigtails, they didn't always know what to do with you, so I kind of look in the stage and television, and I'd look in there, and I'd be like, oh, I'll go for that, and I'll go for that, and in the end, I got expelled from Italia Conti, Um, yeah, because I kept working without the agency. Right, yeah. Well, we went to the same stage school, Kelly, so you say, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That ran it, yeah. You have to, like, ah, we were all singing, all dancing. Tits yeah. and teeth. I need the attention, you see. That's what it's, it's in our bones. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But, um, oh, so you oh, so you got dumped by Italia Conte. No, no no loss there, to be fair. And then, uh, okay, so then you, you went for, then you were in this, this girl band. Yeah, so I was in the girl band, and... Um, I saw the advert and we went and auditioned and we did Gloria Estefan's one, two, three. Do you remember Gloria? 
We did oh, that. Yeah. We did a bit of the bangles and never thought in a million years we would get it. And um, we were too young. They wanted like 16 year olds and we were all younger and we just lied. And um, and then the next thing we had a three single deal with um, Polydor and we were just releasing dance hits and stuff like that. And at the time it was a separate dance chart. And okay. we did really well in the dance charts, but we never crossed over to the network charts. But we weren't great. We were like the Spice Girls or Kylie, but with not a big budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You still got to number one with Perfect Moments. So yeah, right. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about that track. Oh, wow. Yeah. For me, like, I found in my life, I've, I've kind of like had really big moments yeah I've kind of like I've always had this love-hate relationship with the industry always I think a lot of us do totally so yeah. what's the hate side Martine because you've everything you've been saying has been really obviously lovely and all positive but what side of it is tough and what side of it do you find or have found hard that's made you kind of have that I think for me, especially being in it so young, I think growing up in the public eye and having so many opinions about you written in, in paper forever, yeah. um, your mistakes, the lies that are written about you, um, your insecurities, um, all of those things when you're not sure who you are and um, people are judging you about that and you don't know whether you're right or wrong yourself, you know, or, or how confident you are yet or all of those things. I think they think that fame is kind of like a protecting kind of like foam around you and that somehow it doesn't hurt her and, or they don't care. And I think that that's a tough thing. I think if you're young and you're in the industry and you've got, you know, 22 million people watching you in their living rooms and they all feel they know you, you just become a public commodity. Yeah. And the rest of your life becomes a public commodity, especially once you go into music, which is what I'd always wanted to do. Um, and so it is kind of a bit like a deal with the devil that you don't realise you've made. And you sort of become a little bit cynical, but I don't think that's a bad thing. If you, just a little bit of cynicism, just just raise everyone back in again. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that you become untrusting of people. I think that you don't let many people in. Your radar is kind of like ready for people to hurt you or judge you or whatever those things may be. And you have to work really hard to not let the essence of you get, you know, knocked away because that's part of who you are and you don't want to lose that for anything and it's hard work like it's not easy I find it people say oh you're really normal and you're down to earth and I work hard at that because absolutely I think you have to especially because it's been you know for most of your life you've been in the public yeah. you have to work really damn hard to pick your friends yeah to know your enemies yeah you know and to make sure you keep your feet firmly on the ground and when people always say oh gosh you're so you know you're just so real and you're so nice and so normal you know I think that they don't realize that you know we have to, we have to have this consciousness all the time yeah because we don't live in the real world and I consider myself a really normal real person yeah but, you know it has been you know lucky enough to do what I love and, you know, hopefully spread a little bit of magic and help people switch off of their real problems. That's what I do it for. That's what I feel my little, you know, um, calling is in this world is to be a mum, a wife and to give people a little bit of something to help them switch off, you know, of their real lives. That's it. And so when you are surrounded by that magic and you're surrounded by this very unreal world a lot, it is quite intoxicating and it is exciting and it's far more fun than real life sometimes. But then there's other times where I've really appreciated just 
washing up. And just, you know, not often, don't get me wrong, but there have, there have been times where I have really wanted to just come back down to earth and feel my feet again and just feel normal again because it is a really bizarre business. It's bizarre. Yeah. And, it, it you know, in the current circumstances, here we are in Corona world, yeah. um, we're all isolating. For you, it's... You, I mean, Kelly always says her life hasn't changed really with two young kids. She's really... I'm <laughs> terrible. I think through the sort of issues, you, the illnesses you've had, like with yeah. ME and Lyme disease as well, and I've got a great person for you to watch about, uh, to look up as well for that. Really good. Um, you know, in a way, you've kind of dealt that, that what we're dealing with now has been something that's quite familiar to you anyway. Yes, yes. I, I did actually say on my Instagram that, um, I have been used to being isolated and to being, you know, being on my own for many months at a time. And, you know, it makes you extremely strong in your head when you become like a prisoner of your body. Um, and you kind of like either play ball with it and let it overcome you or you fight it and you say, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not done. Um, you have to become really, really strong and you have to dig deep. And for me, I found at first it was a shock kind of bringing my expectations down and looking at the, the smaller picture was actually the bigger picture. And um, I think it's only when you've had massive sacrifices in your life or massive losses um, that you realise just how precious life is. And I actually feel like I'm, in a weird way, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I actually feel like I'm one of the blessed ones because you never look at life again in the same way. And you just feel so blessed and so privileged for, and happy. You just feel really happy for the simple things. And so I would say to people that are kind of struggling mentally to go through this right now, it might take a while. It's not going to happen straight away, but feel the sun on your face if you can. Feel the breeze in your hair. Smell the roses. Look at your children laughing. You know, um, take time to have a bubbly bath with your favourite song on. These simple, silly things are actually massive. And it's really important to connect with yourself. And the problem is when you stop, a lot of stuff comes up for everybody. It could be that their relationships aren't right with somebody. It could be they're not happy with themselves, their insecurities, something's wrong with work, they're defined by their job, whatever it may be. And whenever you stop, it all comes up. And that's really uncomfortable for a while. But then once you get through it, my God, there's no stopping you. You become just like, you just feel like you can cope with anything. What a great message. What a great, you know, it was almost, you know, meant to be. I think it's your calling now to, you know, to, to spread that message. Um, and uh, when I've been watching sort of and just seeing you um, in life now, you, you're such, I, I love the way that, you know, you've got this lovely family unit um, and Rafferty, um, it's just, you know, the birth of Rafferty. I know that, you know, you've struggled before to, you know, to have children. So yeah. he's um, he's really sort of your shining light, isn't he? A Jack as well, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, both of them. I mean, when I was really unwell, a lot of people couldn't cope. They weren't used to me being anything other than Superwoman. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, I wasn't the person they knew anymore, even people that really loved me, you know. And he was the person that, you know, would help me wash my hair, helped me get dressed um, and when I kind of worried I couldn't give him a child which I knew he so desperately wanted and so did I it was a really tough time and it was really difficult but then I realized just how much he loved me and that made me love him even more and yes I mean I think having 
a child is the most amazing gift and we're so lucky and privileged if we're chosen to be one of those people that can be a mother because it's the best work you'll ever do and um, it's a selfless thing in some ways but it's also just so rewarding as well and for me there's just for me personally not everyone feels like this some people felt a bit numb about it all they found it's taken a while for them to find their feet and find their calling with motherhood for me the minute I had him because I'd wanted him for so long yeah. that bit of the jigsaw puzzle that was missing for me went and I was like finally I felt enough just as I was and it took a long, long time to feel like that. And he helped me feel like that. So I'm forever grateful to him, really. Wow, that's so lovely. I mean, I've had friends that have, you know, gone through lots of IVF and things. And yeah. and, um, and I've watched their journey. And mm. it's incredible how when you know that that's what you want to be, you want to be a mum, mm. how much people will go through to get there, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. A friend of mine, his partner, she had so many rounds of IVF and it cost them so much money, but oh. it didn't matter. And on the final round, they they conceived and, and oh. they have a baby boy. And, and oh. now she's on Facebook every day with videos and pictures. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, she loves it. But before she used to struggle with that side of it, watching other people do it because she knew what was going on behind closed doors. So I just think, wow, to have that, to never give up, you know. No, and, and the thing is, emotionally, whether you have IVF or whether you tried naturally, you know, it's um, it's a battle that leaves scars. You know, every time you miscarry or every time it doesn't work, I, I, I really believe that you, you're left with these emotional scars, you know, and you have to just do whatever you can to, like, heal and, and, and move forward. And it's really hard to not let big moments in like in your life like that define you. You can really, like, I can anyway. I sometimes feel like it just encompasses my whole being and I'm like, oh, you know, and it's really important to kind of go, okay, I've learned that. I've learned that lesson. I've got, I've got to move on. Brush yourself down and, and carry on. And it's sometimes really hard to do, but it, it is true. All those old cliche sayings, they're there for a reason. Did you find it hard when you were thinking about having a child initially, like right at the start, when you used to do interviews, was it something that everybody asked you because you were a woman, because you were in the public eye? Did Was it always one of those questions of, are you going to have children? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's different with us guys because we know what we're talking about and we know that this is going to be some of the questions. But a lot of men that I would speak to and sometimes women that were quite mean, would just kind of write you off because if you had a, a child, that meant your career would be over because they well, realistically, it's just never going to work. And thankfully, since kind of 20 years ago, when they've been trying to make me have a baby and be married off, like even in my 20s, if I was a failure because I wasn't, you know, um, it, was an, it was a lot of pressure. And I just think that back then, things have changed so much because women have shown that they can um, walk the walk and talk the talk when it comes to being a mum and having a sense of self and showing their kids what makes them tick and what makes them special um, and I think that's really important I think it's an amazing amazing thing to do and I think that it's also really amazing if you don't want to um, do that either if you want to be at home and that's your calling and you have no desire whatsoever to go out and do anything else good for you brilliant you know and I'm always a bit of both I'm kind of like one minute I'm like I've got to go out there and 
do what I'm meant to do. Yeah. And then the other times I'm like, I couldn't think of anything worse. You know, I not think of anything worse. I should be wrapped up with my baby in a towel and I would stay here forever, you know. And I just think that that's what makes us women the brilliant beings that we are. We're complex. We've got so many layers and so many questions that we want answered. I think, you know, I love the way we're so complex. I mean, I'm glad we're yes. mad. Um, but also I feel this sort of, um, you know, this, like you do, where, yeah, I love to go out there and do my thing and all the rest yeah. of it. Um, but there are still people who so, you know, if you give yourself like a month or two off, they'll still go, well, what's happening? Why are you, you know, well, you're not doing things. And I'm going, no, I'm not, because uh, I also have kids. And no, like, matter, no matter what you do, you no matter what you do, it's never enough. It's never enough. If you haven't got, for me, if I haven't got a film out now, if I'm not doing a show, not, you know, yeah. if you, oh, have you given up? Because, no, I've just got a life as well. Yeah, hello. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like pretty all consuming as well. In fact, you know, career aside, takes up most of my life anyway. Hello. You know, yeah. I think, that I think that that's the thing again. I think again, women more than anyone else, I think that they are, people project onto them. Yeah. yeah. That they project onto them and it's all their stuff. You know, yeah. if they're going on to you about, are you not doing this? You're not doing that. Why are you not doing that? Why are you not more, more rich, successful, thin, married, not married, four kids, whatever it may be, it will never be enough. And it's about them. It's not about you. Oh. And I've just realised that. Like, people will read an article about me and I could think it's horrific and they could think, actually, it's quite neutral. It's fine. You know, they, you can't, you have to just live your life. And I know people say this word a lot, but authentically for you yeah. and in your path for you, I really believe, I'm a bit of a spiritual bunny. I believe we're all here. We've all got our purpose. We're all meant to meet who we're meant to meet. We're all meant to connect and love and hate and all of these things for a reason. It's, you know, kind of mapped out to a degree. And you have these instincts with certain people for a reason and you, you have these callings to do certain jobs or to be a parent or not. You know, it's for a reason. Gosh, you're like a, I don't know, I think we should have your, the, the Martine's thought of the bloody <laughs> week. <laughs> week. No, yeah, Martine's yeah. thought of the day. Oh, good <laughs> sense, girl. I'm loving it. Um, and also... I had a lot of time to think. times <laughs> <laughs> when I was like oh god I'm so ill what am I going to do with myself I just had to think and read books and make my mind up about stuff yeah so with your Lyme's disease how is it working with that with Lyme's disease because you manage it you manage it it's kind of like Crohn's or diabetes or a lot of diseases where you manage it you have your flare-ups and then you have your times where you're absolutely fine Um, and for me I'm just so grateful that I have between the ME and the Lyme disease I think they're kind of linked I think in time that will all come out as well I think that definitely disease in your body is is a disease as they've said before you know when you've got disease in your life or whatever it may be and it might not be from now it could be from stuff way back I kind of just try and work on being happy I think when you're really happy yeah um and I think happiness does take work sometimes I don't think it's given um I think there's certain things and certain habits that naturally happy people do that they don't even realize they do so I work at being happy I work at being healthy and then when I go out and I do my work if anything goes wrong I know I've done my best and nine times out of ten now that's not the case and I feel so much more confident that I can go out trust that I can do the job um and when when then when I can't you know guess what the the world doesn't stop the like you know the world still turns and and now I'm like you know what I care but I'm not to the point it's going to make me feel awful no 
important is music to you? Because I know sometimes you put some lovely at the moment as well. You know, you said, oh, you've got to listen to this track. What's your Corona track? Just for a sort of just forget. Because you, you actually inspired me yesterday. I thought, right, I'm going to do what Martine does. I'm going to put, I'm going to make everyone go in the kitchen and listen to my favourite track. And then it was the most miserable one because it was Michael Jackson and you are not alone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, bloody hell, mum. Is this supposed to cheer us up or something? <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. Kick them while they're down, why don't you? You know? Oh. <laughs> I would say my song for the moment, which is a bit more cheery, yeah. is that new Radicals one. Um, you got a reason to live. Don't let oh, yes. go. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One dance left. I love that one. I keep, I play that most days. Okay. Could I get it if I just do Alexa? Because I hate gadgets. I'll just talk to you. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah. New Radicals. You new get what you give. Wait a minute. New Radicals, right? Because some, some <laughs> she hasn't gotten. She's like, Jenny, are you joking? That's like a 1972. I'm like, all right, sorry. Right. I, I'm the same though. I'm a 70s and 80s queen normally. Okay, we need to party. I might, yeah, it's my birthday next week. I might need some help. Oh, I'll be there on Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, please help. <laughs> What's yours, Kelly? What's yours? Do you know, I've got, God, there's loads I like, so I don't know really. I don't know whether I pick one. But we listen to quite miserable music in our house sometimes, so we love the Smiths. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not going to play that right now because oh, that's not going to, but we're massive Smiths fans. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I was in a video with Morrissey, sort of similar sort of ilk. Oh, wow. And I thought he was going to be really scary and he was really nice. Was he? He's yeah. not very popular at the moment. No. For various things, which is a bit of a shame. But oh, yeah, no. all my oh, songs no. with Chris are the Smiths. Oh, yeah. And, um, Miserable. And do you remember The Cure? Yeah. Yes. It's Friday. I'm in love. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, but I was a bit more of a, I, I, you know, I loved my bit of disco. Yeah, anything, not disco. Anything a bit cheesy and a bit camp that you're not meant to love, I love. And Madonna. Madonna? Yes. Just like a I'm a big Madonna fan. But I like her stuff that wasn't that popular, so like American Life and those kind of albums that didn't, they're my favourite. I love them. I, mean, I loved the Blonde Ambition tour. For me... Uh, you know, as well, when you're growing up, and in those days, you had massive, massive stars, like not where you knew everything about everybody. Yeah. And she was just like this mythical creature. Yeah. She was she's amazing. Like, you're just not human. You're not human. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. She was like a god. Yeah. 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 And I think there's something to be said. Like, I love that. I think it's really good for yeah. artists and actors that they, it is a lot more real now, and people realize that, you know, Excuse my French, but shit gets real for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that there's something to be said to have that little bit of mystery as well. I think that there's a fine line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's interesting because back in the 90s, early 90s, and even late 80s when we were, you know, doing our thing, it was proper fame then, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, if you were a star, you know, there weren't many. Nah, but it was... Anything, really. Like, if you were a star, there was a few and they were absolutely huge same with tv shows if you had a tv show you only had four channels and it was huge yeah. that was it yeah. and now it's kind of like take your pick and why is it there's so many channels and there's still nothing to watch <laughs> oh good point good point i don't know i don't know that's so true 
I yeah. don't know why that is. Like, there's a, yeah. there's a couple. Like, don't get me wrong, there's a couple. But then you're like, mm, yeah. But don't you find as well, like, the main ones are all the same presenters and same hosts as well. There's not a lot of diversity anymore. No, it's almost types like of people. Not, I think there's a lot of things that have happened gadget-wise and that in the whole, like, tech world that haven't caught we haven't caught up with yet. Mm. You know, yeah. like writers and things like Spotify. And I know yeah. with Jack being a musician, producer, writer and all that stuff, you know, Spotify and what the the, the writers get paid and all of that stuff, it doesn't add up yet. It doesn't, it's not fair at all. Yeah. Um, and I know in years to come, they'll look back and go, oh, how did they get away with that? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, I mean, we were talking about that fame thing and, and when it was real fame and, and, you know, most of us didn't get our slippers embroidered. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> ah, this Kelly. She thought she thought that was a secret. It's not a secret. I'm not talking. I just do research. I'm a dressing gown, Jen. I'm a dressing gown. So can you uh, elaborate, please? So we had the French premiere of Love Actually in Paris. I'm going to be dining out on these and on ATV stories, aren't I? I remember when. Um, so yeah, I, I went. We went to Paris and we were staying in the Ritz. And when we got into the room. I mean, it was just like Coco Chanel's boudoir, every room. It was just beautiful. And I went to put on a dressing gown, and I looked down, and it had Martine, and then the Ritz Paris on the back, and then even on my slippers. Oh, wow. And the date. Wow. Did you take them home? I hope you've got them. I did. All right, just check in. Listen, you want to can't resist the Bulgari, Bulgari um, toiletries still. Oh, wow. Shove it all in if you go to a posh oh, hotel. from Friends. you remember Rush from Friends taking all the... Yeah. Who doesn't do that? That's who <laughs> I know, I know. Do you know what? It's, I know it's awful, isn't it? It's so cheap, but I can't help it. <laughs> it comes in handy. That big bucket full of uh, all those hotel toiletries you've got, they're coming in handy now, aren't they? I'm still the same. I don't know about you, but if I buy something that's designer... Yeah. Like a porte box or, you know, a Gucci bag. I like, I fold it and I look after it and I keep it there and I look at it and I go, yeah, you're yeah. rocking. <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to tell you? Hey, Dawson, what can I say? <laughs> hey, do, you want to tell, do you want to tell Martine about your dressing gown? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, well, I've been turning up in Skype with the dressing gown on when we do evening recordings. Oh, yeah. It's a big purple fluffy thing from M&S. It's not fancy at all, but it's got a massive hole in where I caught it in the log burner. <laughs> but the kids love it so much because they say it smells of me that oh. I've, not, I've not got a new one. Oh, I love it. Hey, Martin, Jenny is like the queen of glam and she's just so gorgeous and I'm just a mess all the time. Like We're so different. She rocks up looking amazing, even on Skype, and I'm in my crap. <laughs> but do you know what that's what listen she just needs to send you a fabulous dressing gown and you'll be ready to go yeah yeah i think i think i'm onto this yeah Once your kids grow up you'll be doing your hair and feeling yeah. all like woo -woo again i've got to get there yeah you will you will i'm pretty proud of myself today our hot water and boiler stopped working and i fixed it myself you didn't i did so i haven't had a shower yet 
because I've only just done it, but I got it done and fixed it. So, uh, yeah. Bravo. I know. That's really good. How did you even know that? Well, I FaceTimed my husband and he taught me through it. I didn't do it on my own. (laughs) But I got it. I did it. I physically did it. That sounded so good up to one point when you said, oh, my husband. But um, got to be honest. We might have to do all that. Because I thought, God, what if something conks out? And it's like, you know, you need to get... A man, a man who can in. I listen, I, I don't care what it takes. I will find, I take it all very, very seriously. But if our heat and our water conks out, I find that a necessity. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a yeah. And I'll have a man covered in plastic. Yeah. Just see his eyes and he'll come and fix it, whatever it takes. Agreed. Or maybe Kelly. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. We need you on wheels. Yeah, I've got these two running around. Can you? I'm sorry. It's just yeah, me on my own today. Hot Miss Mums. Hot Mums Miss, no. Hot Miss Mums. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. Um, so can I just ask as well, when you perform with Queen, because some of the members of Queen, because that is just... Yeah. When what? When you were with Queen on stage. Yes. Yeah, that was true. Yeah, during um, one of my, I think it was my second album, and um, Brian May just asked if I'd come on and sing with the Queen Band. Wow. And I was just like, this is what I'm saying. I spent my life as a really normal person pretending to be part of this crazy world. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, Mom! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> so um yeah uh so I, I played it cool with brian and i was a professional and i did it and it was all great and you know what was so amazing you know jenny you've pretty much met everybody yeah and it's so nice when they don't let you down oh isn't it it's like oh those first few might think please don't please don't be please don't i know i know yeah, it's, it's like, just wow. so lovely when they're like when they're just such they're good eggs he's a good egg brian may yeah oh. good hair yeah it was a bit of hair off us i think as well wasn't it oh yeah like, i had all mine done and i said listen to of you and he said you're very cheeky but that's very funny <laughs> <laughs> oh you've just been an absolute pleasure martin we could go off rages but i know you've got your yeah i know you've got back haven't you yeah <laughs> looking after at this moment see yeah. this is the situation we're all in now. Um, we're working from home, but we're still doing it, girls. We're still doing yeah, it. And you, it's you, really you, good for me to like have this today because I've actually had a bath and washed my hair and everything. Oh, <laughs> you look gorgeous. You really do. We've been dying to do this for when we come to London, but we're not going to be coming for a long time. <laughs> I, don't oh, think. I know, I know. And actually, yeah, it's worked out well because normally yeah. I've always got that, that really weird window yeah. Well, I have to pick Rafferty up and drop him off, and then I've only got a couple of hours in London. Yeah. And it's fine if I've got one of the in-laws around. Yeah. Mum lives all the way in Oxford. Jack's working, and I'm like a bit. I'm, sometimes I feel a bit of a single parent going. Ah. Yeah. But yeah, so it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Great, because you sort of get dressed and get ready. And I go, no, I'm going to work now. And Connie yeah. goes, what? You're going down the stairs into the dining room, Mum. Big deal. Look, I've still got the slippers on. <laughs> At least you've got them, Mum. <laughs> Boy, oh. I really didn't have tracksuit bottoms on. Jack said to me, "You can't, because I'm a bit hot." Jack said, "You can't sit there with no trousers on doing the thing." I went, "But they're not going to see, are they?" Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. That would have been a bit too much to reveal. <laughs> oh, and thank you so much for introducing me to the beret. 
The beret. Love, yeah, because you wore your beret. So you, you wore a beret in lo Love Actually. I'm not joking, Matt. And I saw it, I thought, that looks really good. And loads of sort of shows I did after. I used to wear this beret on this, um, uh, what was it? I can't remember. I was too old. What is it? Oh, I did like a, what was it called? To buy or not to buy? It was like a property show. And uh, I got the berry thing off. Yeah, I thought she looks good. I, I still love a beret, but I cannot wear a red coat. The minute I wear a red coat, that's oh. it. I just don't get left alone. It's ridiculous. A red coat is like a beacon for people to go, oh. Isn't it weird? And you know what, as well, while we're all here, I feel like we are literally having a coffee in a cafe, by the way. Right. Um, I love it. I do. Um, is uh, I'm kind of wearing myself out of it. Because you feel like, because you're at home and you're here, I'm sort of piling workload, piling on the workload. Yeah. Um, I remember, have a day off. Oh my God, Jenny, I knew you could be on lockdown and have to tell yourself to have a day off. Are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> you're a doer, aren't you? You're a doer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, think, uh, I, think, I think that if you um, do, your, do all your exercise and stuff like that, and then just spend your energy doing stuff that's quite calm. That might be a nice little transition. That's what I have to do. When I'm a bit like, ooh, and I've been doing my concerts, and I've been on tour, and I don't know. Sometimes I just have to, like, focus my energy on something else that I love, but that is calming. Oh and then God. that gets me to a bit of a quieter place. Yeah. Well, thanks. See, she's giving me advice. I know, it's so good. Oh, it's hard to sit still sometimes, isn't it? It is. Depending on what kind of person you are. It, it, no, it's hard. My mind's going, I'm thinking, oh, oh, look at that there. But I've got your, oh, yeah, so I'm a bit like that. I'm going to go and have a bath. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to later when Chris gets home. Yeah, but I'm yeah. definitely, it's on my list I to do and you. Yeah. Music on. You've got the Smiths, yeah. anything 80s and 70s, whatever. 80s. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure whether I'll get down to shaving my legs. And as for the other bits, so. <laughs> Yeah, we're not. in trouble are you worried about that martine the we were saying this you know your hair your waxing whatever you have done martine mccutcheon if she's worried about a big bush no not now but i mean like in two months if we're still in this position has it crossed your mind like do you do you what, think oh my what god bit? what bit what's crossed my mind what well anything like if you get anything done like if you have your hair done or your eyebrows i don't know i I was saying, I said on my Instagram stories the other day that we're going to see the real you yeah. of everybody. Like people that have had Botox, people that get their hair coloured, people that um, have their lashes done, people that have their lip liner done, their whatever it may be, you're going to start seeing the real them. Yeah, I think, think there'll be a big drop. Revealed. I, I have a little bit of baby Botox. Yeah, I have a well, I want there that. and there. I've spoken about it before, and um, and that's I've, I'm, I can frown again. Yeah, <laughs> and I prefer that. No, but it's easy for you, Jenny, because you say I prefer that because all your lines are in the right places. Well, but when you get like weird little snouty lines and I've weird got lines them. in weird places, I get really weird lines just on the top of my nose that I hate. Makes me feel a bit piggy and snouty. Yeah, no, they've got to go. They've yeah. got to go. Well, you'll have to wait a while. And I do think that Instagram, there'll be like, it'll be like, there'll be tumbleweed. It'll be like deserted in about a month's time. Watch, because no one will be able to post themselves anymore. <laughs> Just be quiet. Social media has gone down. Nobody wants to post themselves anymore. <laughs> Thank God for filters. Yes. Thank oh, God yes. I've got my backup. I've got my filters. <laughs> Real schmeal. 
Um, whatever. Real schmeal. Yeah, always know. keep it a bit real. Put a little filter. That's not so bad. Yeah. It's not, or, bad. It's not hurting anybody, is it? No. Or post one from 10 years ago. Yes. Yeah. No. yes. <laughs> no one will know. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I'm still bloody 42 then. It's no good for me, is it? Oh, yeah, but look at <laughs> you. Don't don't look. Look. Yeah. Your energy's not it at all. You're Talk so, like, inspirational, Jenny. You really are. She well. does not look her age at all. My best friend was like, oh, my God, how does she do it? And I was like, I don't know. I've got and no I, idea. Do you know what? Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. If you don't worry about it, you don't get stressed and it doesn't come over you in the face. And I have to say, I don't know about you, but I do forget my age. Yeah. I do I do forget my age. I do like think like if I want to do something, if I want to wear something, I don't like I just think more than ever we've got such a brilliant time to be able to be whoever we want to be at whatever age. Yeah. yeah. I do think you, have- you, people like you, Jenny, like you you fly the flag because you're a mum, you've had a successful career, you still look beautiful, but you're still natural, you've taken care of yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's taken women doing that for us to see. Because so there's these are like firsts really for us. Yeah. No, it's good. It's true. Right. Okay. Okay. No pressure, Jenny. I'll be cooking a meal for four with my bikini and, uh, yeah, presenting at the same time. Yeah. So see, 50. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what that was. It's a very big soup. <laughs> oh, anyway, I think we should uh, leave you to get back to your beautiful family yes. uh, with the most gorgeous hair. Oh, I know. He's got his hair like his daddy. His oh, hair. Curls, just loads and loads of curls. Like, I wish I had it. I don't. Mine's wavy, but it's not curly. No, well, we'll all be looking the same soon. Just we're all like a hair bear bunch, won't we? All bouncing yeah. around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cut my fringe later. I, 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 cut my own hair. I cut my own hair as well. Have you got, have you got, um, because you need hair scissors, don't you? Because I was just going to use the ones that cut the chicken up in the kitchen. <laughs> no, I just use, I just don't use. Don't do that. Yeah. Just use, okay. Um, apparently, there's been loads of pictures posted of people's disasters because my husband was going to buy one of those, you know, to do his, sort of shave his head. What are they called? Like the razors, but they're, you know, yeah. for men. Yeah. yeah. And he, and then he went on, I don't know whether it was Instagram or whatever, and people were like posting their disasters from doing it themselves. And he went, I'm just going to let it grow. Bollocks. Yeah. He was like, I can't, I'm not risking it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think women get their hair cut, first of all, they always go too short. They look like a kid. They've got like the really short bits and I'm like, oh no, it really puts me off. We're in control now, girls. We're in control. <laughs> Get the bowl out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, it's going to be some sight soon. That's all I can say. Can't wait. And uh, it's just been lovely. Thanks. Yeah, it has. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kelly. Take care. You too. Bye. Thank you.